Greetings and salutations, brethren and sistren. Welcome again to the Tawahado Bible Study Podcast. Today we are beginning 1 Peter chapter 1. There are five chapters in this epistle or in this letter. And of course, as always, we will begin with the first one. The reminder I want to give you at the top is to subscribe wherever you are. Subscribe to this podcast share it with friends through copy and paste, through talking about it, through whatever medium or media are available to you. And finally, if you want to give back to this ministry, you could donate at patreon.com slash tawahado, patreon.com slash tawahado. That goes towards the making of this podcast, the making of the independent Gezamharic and English and eventual Hebrew scholarship under my name at academia.edu and speaking engagements, and our Sunday services as well. We will begin with verses 1 to 2 of the scroll of Peter, or 1 Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the elect who are living as exiles, scattered in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. This is according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, so that you may obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. Grace be to you, and may peace be multiplied. I'm reading from the Greek Orthodox Bible, or the Eastern Orthodox Bible New Testament today, but I also had taken my notes while reading through the RSV, or the Revised Standard Version. So if you notice any disparities, that's probably why. So, first and foremost, we have here Peter, one of the pillars that had beef with Paul. And after their beef, they got together so that the agreement from Galatians and the agreement from Acts chapter 15 was solidified. And his apostolic nature or his apostleship is fully functional once again. No more tergiversating, no more oscillating, no more going up and down. No more waiting for the cock to crow three times before waking up. He's active in his ministry, and he's writing an epistle to all of these people who are exiles, sojourners, wanderers, nomads, Hebrews, those who cross over, children of Eber, children of Abraham. And he's wishing grace and peace upon him upon all of them. Grace and peace are two ideas that we are always wishing upon the faithful as clergy. The priest says, may the grace of God or may the grace of the Lord be with you. He says, may peace be with you all, emulating our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. So when we examine our liturgical rubrics, we see the grace and we see the peace. And here we see that the hyperbole of them being multiplied is there to emphasize how much grace and peace are there. The sequence of grace is at least and peace are uh, at least 15 to 20 times in the liturgy of the Gez, right? So we see how much we emphasize this as children's, as children of the Apostle Peter. And so we need to focus and see 
how we can get grace and peace multiplied in our lives, which is what the Apostle Peter is asking us. Now I'll read verses 3 to 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an incorruptible and undefiled inheritance that does not fade away. It is reserved in heaven for you, who by the power of God are protected through faith for a salvation which is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, although for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. This way, may the demonstration of your faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes even though it is tested by fire, be found to result or redound in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Even though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him or trust in him and are filled with unspeakable joy and glory. And so you are receiving the result of your faith, the salvation of your souls or breaths of life. So we need to make sure in the beginning there not to stumble over whatever formulas we may be attached to. I know specific situations without shaming individuals in high places who have been, uh, who have proceeded to stumble when they see First Peter's language regarding the God and the Father of Jesus Christ, as well as the language in Ephesians. These are scriptures that we have read aloud for centuries, so you need to see how the church has dealt with it before freaking out as an individual, because all that does is show our illiteracy. Next, I want to focus on the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are in the Paschal season right now, it's May 25th, 2020, when this should be released, and this is the Paschal season, or the season where we focus even more on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The ascension is just around the corner, is going up. So this resurrection gives us a living hope, not a dead hope, but a living hope. And we are born anew. Our worldview needs a total makeover. We need a radical change. We're not just trimming around the hedges. We're not just trimming our beard or trimming around the hedges of our garden. We are lighting the whole place on fire and having a totally new place. Everything of the old is getting replaced by perfect fulfillment. Our eyes are fixed on the invisible prize, on the invisible inheritance. We are joyfully overcoming whatever suffering, whatever trials come before us so that we can redound or result in praise and glory and honor at the second coming or the second advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are being refined in the refiner's fire. And that fire is what Ta-Nehisi Coates noted in his book, Between the World and Me. Even though he's an atheist who was raised by atheists, he sat in awe at all of the black mothers and aunties who were getting hosed down by the police and yet had this ineffable, unspeakable joy of Jesus Christ and the living hope within them to withstand the suffering and trials of the present age that they were in and to be able to instill that hope and encouragement in others in the generations to come. 
This is also the beauty of the Coptic mothers who are forgiving Daesh and other terrorists immediately, immediately when their children were being slain by them in the greatest forms of injustice. And those type of things have to bring tears to your eyes, or I doubt your humanity. Verses 10 to 12. About this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you did much research and investigation. They were investigating the time and circumstances that the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, pointed to the pointed to by predicting the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow them. They received revelation that they were servants of these things, not for themselves, but for you. These things have now been announced to you by those who preached the good news by the Holy Spirit sent out from heaven. And even the angels or the messengers desire to gaze upon these things. So the angels and the prophets are jealous of you, of me, of us, of we, who hear about this beautiful opportunity that we have to see the embodied Messiah, the embodied Christ, the embodied, anointed, perfect priest, prophet, and king, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. All the fruit of their labor, their whole tagadilo, their whole race that they ran in honor of God, all of that labor was in service to us the original or the OG addressees and every generation of addressees who have this read aloud to them and recited to them so that they could think about it day and night and so that those thoughts could convert their words and deeds unto the second coming or second advent of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verses 13 to 23. Therefore, prepare your minds for action be sober and set your hope fully on the grace that is brought to you by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Be children of obedience and do not conform yourselves to your former lusts as in the days of your ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, you yourselves should also be holy in every aspect of your life. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. If you call on him who judges without discrimination according to everyone's work as father, Spend your lives as exiles here on earth in reverent fear. Know that it was not with corruptible things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the useless way of life handed down to you by your forefathers. Instead, it was with the precious blood of a blameless and pure lamb, the blood of Christ. He was foreknown even before the foundation of the world, but he was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope might be in God. Having purified your souls by obedience to the truth through the Spirit, love one another with a pure heart in sincere brotherly affection and fervently. You have been born again, not of corruptible, but of incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and remains forever. Again, we hear about the second coming or the second advent of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In our Zotar Salot or in our daily prayers, we pray, May we be unashamed at his second advent. May we be unashamed 
at his second coming. Throughout verses 13 to 23, we are encouraged and invited to read Leviticus. Do not tell me Leviticus is irrelevant. Don't tell me Leviticus is boring. Here we have Leviticus 19 and Leviticus 20 and Leviticus 21. All right. Be holy as I am holy. Be holy as I am holy. Be different as I am different. Be unique as I am unique. Be taboo as I am taboo. Be set apart as I am set apart. Be distinguished as I am distinguished. Have a mind of sobriety that leads to great or holy conduct. Judgment, judgment, judgment. It keeps coming up. And here it's tied to our saying of Avuna Zabasamayat, of our saying of the Our Father who art in heaven, which we say at the end of all of these podcast series, and which should be our prayer forever and ever. We are ransomed here. The language of ransom has to do with redemption. And we're not talking about gold and silver, which are tangible goods, let alone the intangible Federal Reserve notes. Instead, we are talking about the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the atonement, the at one moment, not wrath of the Father meted out for justice, but the ultimate expression of love. Again, this Levitical lamb is here, and this Levitical lamb is spotless, is blameless. There is no blemish. There is a sincere love that comes from this lamb who is also paradoxically our shepherd. And he's asking us through the Apostle Peter to love one another earnestly, not just with our lips, but with our heart, which means with our thoughts and our holy conduct. Then we close here with verses 24 to 25. Truly, all flesh is like grass, and all of man's glory like the flower in the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. This is the word of the good news which was preached to you. The Evangelion, the gospel, the good news is this. We are invited to read Isaiah chapter 40, and indeed the whole scroll of Isaiah. In the Gezerite tradition, we refer to Isaiah as Derek Haddis. It is the dry New Testament. If you had to have nothing else, then the scroll of Isaiah would be enough for you to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ if you understand it properly. The Ethiopian eunuch, when he was baptized, was equipped with nothing in, uh, according to the Acts of the Apostles. He was equipped with nothing but the Derekhadis, nothing but the scroll of Isaiah. And led by the Holy Spirit, Philip came and revealed Jesus Christ to him using the scroll of Isaiah. Isaiah is the same Hebrew root as Hosea and Joshua and thus the transliterated Jesus. And so it has to do with salvation, deliverance, and rescue. Pay attention to the idea of rescue, deliverance, and salvation as you read Isaiah. And think about it. All human institutions will fail. 
but the word of the Lord is here to stay, is here for the long haul. Glory to God for all things. Ah, <laughs> 